what do we have and makes us worthy of love. But of course, everything is levels and levels. So in certain situations, um, there could be room for enhancing that quality, that basic quality that we do have. Does that sound better, Rabbi Sai? I think um, it might have caused some people to think that um, they're not worthy of love unless they earn it. That was not the intention. It was really just to highlight what is the key quality that makes the Jewish nation worthy of Hashem's love. And uh, we find something about the Shindra Ramban. But if I would ask you, if you hadn't seen it, or if you haven't seen it, what would you assume would be the uh, basis for Hashem's great love for the Jewish nation? What makes us worthy of Hashem's great and infinite love? Somebody would ask you, what would you assume uh, simply would be the answer? What would be your your basic assumption about that. Anybody want to take a shot at that? My very, my very Yeshivish uh, car is pretty noisy, but if you can hear me over it, I'll I hear you. I hear you fine. Go ahead. Okay, I would assume it's something to do with with Susavos, meaning the dedication that was shown. From Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, on down through the Shvatim to Lech Lech Acharai Bamidbar, all the way through those many numerous generations of complete dedication. Uh, something about that was so overwhelming, such an overwhelming display of love for Hashem that it even stands for us nowadays, even though we may not be uh, on that level of dedication. Oh, very good. Um, what, what, what would you say if I would say, um, because we have the qualities of the Avos that are inherent within us, such as Rachmanim, Baishanim, Gomli Chasadim, Klausrel, have these special, great, good midas of uh, kindness and compassion and uh, humility, chastity. Um, would, would those be um, good basis for Klaus uh, to be chosen among the nations, or all of the outstanding qualities of the Avos, Avra, Mitzvah, and Yaakov, that were passed down to their future generations to make them especially uh, exalted people and be worthy of Hashem's love. What would you say to that? Is that a continuation of the original idea, meaning that be because they exhibited these midos and that, that dedication to such an extent that they almost like infused it into all future generations. And that's something... Right. right. It would have to be, we would assume, that, which we do find in the Gemara, that Yisrael are the inheritors and the possessors of innate, uh, outstanding, good characteristics we are called Rachmanim by Shalim Gamli Chasadim. The more distinguishes between the Chesed of the Jewish nation and that of other nations, where there is primarily for their own uh, 
personal benefit. And when Klal Shol is doing it, it's of a pure nature. And even when we're hoping to gain something from it, to gain some zechus or some benefit, that it's not dependent upon that. And we're really doing this Daka Belev Shalem. So the Gemara, because I'll enumerate many outstanding qualities that the Jewish people have. And we have the concept that uh, it is transmitted from the Avos. Chayv uh, in Ruach Chaim talks about how the mysterious Nefesh of Avram Avinu in the going to Kiv Shadoesh and in bringing Yitzhak to the Akedah, that was a powerful implantation into the future generations of the Kali Yisrael to be able to also employ mysterious nefesh when called upon. So we have um, many great qualities that are some kind of Yerusha, spiritual inheritance from our forefathers. And uh, the Derach Hashem says that even at the very early stage of Brisbane of, of the Dora Flaga, Avram's children, Avram was chosen to be the progenitor of the nation that would be the chosen nation to serve Hashem. Well, the other nations still had a chance. They were also offered the Torah. But it would seem simply that, um, I think we would assume simply that there is a, there are a host of good qualities that Cholesterol has. Does that make sense, Rabbi Sai? Can, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead, Gary. I, I, I got a problem with it. Okay, please go ahead. You, you, you got all the things that the Avos did, and then, and then Hashem takes Klal Yisrael out of Egypt out of, after the ten plagues. They get to the desert, and then, then you got the whole spy incident. Yeah. Didn't why in the world between the spies couldn't they say, look at all that Hashem has done for us and 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 the ten plagues and the darkness and the and the firstborn and everything. Not one of them had had, had the well two, you know, belatedly, but you know couldn't say look at look at all, everything that's happened to us the last couple of months. You know, Hashem delivered us from Egypt. He brought us here, and and, and we don't have the the. I don't know what the word is. You know, the trust, the faith, right? The the, the conviction, the faith, yes. the faith. Yes. That he's gonna he's yes. gonna conquer, help us to conquer the land. Yes, yes. So that that's a very powerful question, um, not one that I'm ready to undertake tonight, or I don't know if ever. Because uh, it is, you know, quite difficult for us to understand how people that were shown such miracles could still sort of fail and, and falter and become somehow pulled away or even be afraid at all. But nevertheless, um, the, the next generation did become worthy of entering Eretz Yisrael. So there was some measure of forgiveness in the sense that it was all was not lost. And um, although there was still a need for 
you know, a later, a later generation Tishabov. But uh, ultimately, we remain in existence with the Torah intact. So clearly, there was enough that was implanted that was able to be lasting. But it seems from the Ramban that there's one particular quality that the Jewish nation has that the Gemara and Medrash also talk about, which is the primary quality that causes Klal to be the recipient of Hashem's love and Hashem's choosing them in that love and Hashem's connecting himself to them with a very, very powerful connection. And this is what Ramban says. He says, who is chosen to be a beloved one? That's the one who knows how to bear the one who loves him with all that will come to him from the other person. Meaning able to bear the relationship able to bear whatever they need to bear for this relationship to be lasting. As if to say that the alternative would be that they would somehow abandon the relationship. They could not bear it. They would not be able to remain connected, remain engaged in the relationship. So who can be chosen to be a beloved one? It seems that the key ingredient is one who is able to ensure that that relationship will actually be lasting, will be successful. And if it needs to be one that is for all the generations, for all of time, they need to have the ability to remain steadfast for the entire gamut of what is intended in the relationship. It would be somebody that would be short-term that it only needed to be able to stick with it short-term. But if it's meant to be for the entirety of human history, then they need to be of such a quality that they will be able to bear it with all that will be included. And then Aban says, this is the Jewish nation about whom Chazal say that Klal are azim, they are fierce. What does it mean to be fierce? It means that they will not be overwhelmed by any kind of pressure. They will not be caused by any attempt to turn away, to give it up, to Abandon that relationship. Like the Medrash says, as the Kalashol say, we are ready even for the supreme sacrifice, as was the case throughout history, the attempts of forced conversion were unsuccessful. And the uh, Masha says, his Lushan is, that we gave our, our word and we do not go back on it. Lamar al Devrehim, Vulayashuvu, 
to stand to stand steadfast by their commitment. And this is also in the Asiasif in the Medrash. That's Hashem says, I can give my Torah to the Jewish nation because when they accept it, they will not abandon it. They will not turn away from it once they accept it. So it almost seems, it seems quite clear that if there would be even theoretically a choice, let's say other nations had many, many outstanding qualities, even if theoretically it was possible, they would have outstanding qualities that would be superior in many ways. But the cholesterol has this quality that they can bear the relationship, which could include and needs to include even to be ready to give their life and not to turn away from Hashem. Because that's part of the Torah. The Nikdashti is a fundamental part of the Torah of Mesiris Nefesh, which Hashem knew is something that is going to be needed as part of this relationship with the Kali Yisrael and or whoever will be his nation and who has that capacity to remain steadfast, to not be forced to cut ties and turn away, who will remain loyal to their commitment. That's Kali Yisrael. It would seem like it's a certain aspect of the Mid of MS. We gave our words and we will not turn back. We committed, we will not abandon that commitment. Nothing will cause us to just hand it over. So then the relationship can be successful. It can be lasting. So then we are worthy of being given it to us by Hashem. Because we are the nation with whom it can be successful. Because for it to be successful, it has to be able to be lasting, it has to be able to withstand even this kind of a test of even giving our life. And Kalashul has that quality. So that's what makes us worthy to receive the love of Hashem, to receive Hashem's involvement with us, for us to be his chosen nation. Because we are the nation that with us it will be able to be actualized. With some other nation, there's very high risk or almost inevitability that will not be able to be lasting for the entirety of its course that's intended to last. Does that make sense, Rabbi Sai? What do you say, Gary? Do you hear this idea that over and above perhaps many outstanding qualities, this one is the primary one, is the key one, is the critical one that makes the Jewish nation worthy of being chosen by Hashem to be his nation. We can be whatever will come to us from Hashem. And that might mean a lot at times. I I, I like it. Is, is that is that did Hashem determine that from the Akeda? 
it would seem that um, that would be a big part of what was helping to produce it. It, it may have already been in place even earlier on. Who knows? But uh, if you say that um, Klaus Scholl's capacity for that readiness, even to such great sacrifice, came from Avram Avinu and the Akeda and Yitzhak Avinu, then it would seem that it's coming from, from that. So I don't know if we can say with certainty you know, at which point it was already sort of in place to be there in the future generations. But certainly by the time that B'nai Yisrael were going out of Mitzrayim, ready to be taken out of Mitzrayim, they had this quality within them. And in a similar way, we find that um, when Mashiach explains it, Klaus were able to accept the Torah without even having to know what it says in it. Because we wanted to go in a straight path, even if it will be difficult. We wanted to go B'derach Yashar even if it will be challenging. So Hashem saw in us and knew that we have this capacity to be able to remain attached, remain committed, not to turn back in our word, not to succumb to any attempt to force us away from Hashem. And, and it would seem quite fascinating that this quality stands alone. You might think, well, if Hashem will give to a nation his love, wouldn't that itself produce that they would reciprocate and be willing to even give their life not to turn away from the love of Hashem? So if what's, if what's um, making us worthy is the fact that we will remain loyal, and the, and the relationship will be lasting, well, we would think that that could be accomplished just by Hashem giving that love to a nation and choosing them as his beloved nation. Any nation is made of human beings that are an image of Hashem, but it seems that that would not be sufficient. That would not necessarily work. Just the fact that Hashem is giving his love, giving his part of the relationship, would not be sufficient to guarantee that they will respond in kind. It's only because the cholesterol have this innate quality of what the Gemara calls azim, or like the marriage calls, we are fierce, we are determined, we are steadfast. We made a commitment, we gave our word, we are not turning back. We will not be caused, we will not be forced away by all attempts were able to stand up to it because of our sincere dedication to Hashem. And this quality of not going back on our word. When we took the Torah, when we took the Hashem's nation, we are there for the long haul. And that is what makes us worthy of receiving Hashem's love. Because with us, it can be successful. All the love that Hashem wants to give, which is, of course, far more than any human quality could make us deserving. What Hashem is giving in His love is infinite. It's not like we earn it. It's not like we are, you know, deserving of it. Because we're good enough, 
there's nothing we can do to make us good enough, quote unquote, to be equal to the love that Hashem is giving us when He gives His infinite love. But what we need is that 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 love, that that gift that Hashem will give, will be able to be successful and reach its intended goal of Klal being the Am Hashem or a nation being the Am Hashem for eternity. And that we have that capacity. So it's something to really take note of, of you know, the power in that. And it seems from the Ramban that it's not limited, it's not specific only to the relationship of Hashem with Klal Yisrael. Because he writes it as like a, 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 a universal principle who was chosen to be beloved, one who is able to withstand the relationship, who knows how to bear whatever will come from the other person. And we're not talking about, you know, chas v'shalom, overt abuse that maybe is not a viable relationship. We're talking about a situation where there can be challenges, there can be tough times, there could be a lot that will be asked to be able to bear and stick through, and remain engaged, and remain committed, and remain supportive, and, and giving, even when it's difficult. And when someone has that quality, then they are worthy of being the beloved one of the other person, because the relationship can be lasting, can be actually successful will not be derailed even by difficult challenges that could arise. So uh, I think that tells us a lot about really what we have within ourselves and how powerful that is and how valuable that is. And none of this is going on on a conscious level. Nobody's really sitting down and calculating is you know, consciously, is this person somebody who is going to be there for me? But it's just something that we sense, or somehow we have indications, we have enough basis to believe it. But the more that we can develop it within ourselves, and if we can find it within ourselves, it's really worthwhile giving it its, its proper value so to speak it's, it's unfortunate that it's the kind of thing that is you know usually not even noticed on a daily basis so sometimes we could think that you know there are there are other um perhaps you know more important things or more necessary things more enjoyable things that um really need to be there in a relationship we might uh, somehow sometimes find lacking in others, maybe in ourselves. But to know that, that that capacity to be and stay committed, to be there through thick and thin, to be there for another person for the long haul, that is a critical, perhaps primary quality for there to be able to be real commitment of one person to the other. And maybe it's when we start getting a little bit, you know, unsure of that, 
that uh, that's when things get most uh, stressful in a relationship. We might need reassurance. We might be trying to reach out for reassurance and not exactly know how. And that's when things can get a little crazy. But it's um, something to, to take note of, to, to value, to give respect for. And if, you, if, if we could sense it in another person, and we can find a way to let them know that we really value that and that we, we know about them, that they have it, that's a good thing to try to communicate to them. How does that sound, Rabbi Sai? That sounds good. <laughs> okay. Okay, very good. Um, just want to touch on maybe a couple of more points. Okay. Uh, some people have asked in the context of this idea, but um, aren't there or haven't there been um, people of other religions that also gave their life for their religion? So what really makes us so unique? You know, we have uh, suicide bombers and uh, kamikaze pilots and all kinds of, uh, you know, self-sacrificing religious zealots. So um, what do we closer really have that uh, other people don't have? They seem to have it also. Would you, would you want to try to answer that question? Yeah, can I, can I, uh, by all means, Ali, go ahead. Um, to me, it seems like sometimes I go to take a Muslim, Arab, whatever, you know, suicide mm -hmm. bombing. They're promised, right. you know, uh, all these things in heaven, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like mm -hmm. to find a religion that's not just getting, you know, Yashka's approval or all that, but it's, they're doing it lishma of like, you know, I don't know. I guess you know the, what you're saying about this. That level, I don't. I don't feel like the other religions are based in the same way. Maybe some are, but you know. so I, I would like to highlight a couple of elements that um, you know could produce it elsewhere, or that really um, make for a sharp contrast to uh, what can be found or what has been sometimes found by other people, and as opposed to cholesterol. See, our mysterious nefesh and readiness for that is not out of fanaticism. It's not that people are sort of being taken over some kind of occult mentality through, uh, you know, emotional control and uh, brought into some kind, some kind of frenzy or some kind of a occult loyalty. It's not a fanaticism to such an extent that uh, it was found even among Jews that um, were not necessarily on the high spiritual level. Like the Moranos who initially attempted to um, live a dual life of uh, you know, a Jew in the privacy of their home, but um, presented themselves as, uh, as abandoning the religion out in public. And then when they were sort of found out, 
for the most parts, like we said, and they did not succumb to the most extreme pressure. They did not declare their belief in the cross. They gave their lives. And uh, when the one outstanding episode illustrates it during the Second World War, there was a mayor of, of a town that had many religious Jews, and he himself was Jewish, and he was anti the religious. He was very antagonistic to the religious community during his term as mayor. When the Germans came into the town and brought all the Jews into the town square and unrolled the Sefer Torah on the floor and instructed the mayor to step on it, he refused to step on it. And we can imagine what ensued. Of course, he gave his life. And he was far, far from religious. He was anti-religious. But deep down, but deep down, that's what we call the Pintalagit, was still alive within him. So this was not anything, any kind of religious fanaticism. There was, there was nothing of that in his life. Quite the opposite. And there's another very critical, critical element I think we need to be aware of, that in other religions, there's a celebration of death. It's essentially an aspect of, of cruelty, of Achazarius. There may be like, you know, promises, who knows what, it's all manipulation. Essentially, their experience of giving their life is one of self-negation for the, the, the leadership, whatever it is, the cause. It's, it's essentially an act of, of harm to themselves. But the Torah, which of course is our relationship with Hashem, is only given for our benefit. The halachas of mysterious nefesh are in halachas Yisaidiya Torah. It's like Fundamentals of the Torah. This is like foundational. So when a Jew is fulfilling it as a true evidence of Hashem, he's not fulfilling it of harming himself, of, of negating himself, of sacrificing himself. He's accepting Hashem's direction. He's receiving whatever Hashem is bringing to him loyally, with trust, with faith, with the recognition that this world is only temporary. And if he has fulfilled his mission in this world in a manner that it's meant to be fulfilled, he has fulfilled his mission. And then, then his, his eternal life continues. That is the, the, the true form that Mesir's Nefesh Shavayid is meant to be. But it's essentially in its core through his connection to Hashem. That's, that's eternity. It's not an act of, of, of self-harm. It's not an act of self-negation. It's not a chazorius. It is, is it only true rachmanis. There's only true fulfilling Hashem's chesed. It's only true loyalty. There's only true connection with Hashem. It's not a bittle of oneself. It's the ultimate self-actualization of coming close to Hashem in the greatest possible way.
with the faith and trust that this is the manner that it needed to be accomplished. And that's very different than, than suicide. But aren't there so have the be coerced that are blackmail? Yeah, for the most part, yeah, sure. Right. By Klaus, the there was there was nothing of that. The families are held hostage, what what not until they do it. Right, yeah, of course. But even in cases where people are like overtaken, some kind of a cult, there's essentially emotional emotional control that's going on. But, but essentially it's experienced as sacrificing yourself for someone else, for something greater. That's, that's essentially what Avoy Dezara is. I heard a mime from Rav Hutna where he said that the taiva of Avoy Dezara when it existed was the desire to nullify oneself to something greater, to be bottled, to be nullified to a greater power. But our relation with Hashem is not nullifying ourselves. It is, it is actualizing ourselves in the highest degree and, and fulfilling Hashem's plan to give to us the ultimate maximum good that comes by our coming close to Him. Now we might ask ourselves, can we see ourselves being able to accomplish this? And of course, you know, it's hard to know until the actual situation arises. Um, we might think to ourselves that, well, we have maybe some parts of our life that's not matching with Hashem's directives. So maybe that would be quite a, um, like a powerful cause for doubt. And of course, there is a room for reassurance that if we would also be challenged in such a way that we would rise to the occasion. But the truth of the matter is that the true life of a Torah Jew includes a consistent attempt to sincerely accomplish the readiness to accept Hashem's direction of our life even to the point of accepting and not turning away from Hashem, even at the cost of the termination of our time here in this world. Because that's part of the Kabbalah's Malchushamayim in Kriyashma. As the Mishaburu brings, supposed to say Kriyashma with awe and reverence and trembling. And the Bach explains. I think it's from the Zayar, that uh, that uh, this is the aspect of Kabbalah's Mahashamayim that involves the readiness even for anything that we're be called upon not to abandon the type. Of course, there are unique situations, there are unique mitzvahs that are those that one must give their life in a situation where the Goyim are trying to cause the Jewish nation to abandon the Torah. There's 
any mitzvah in front of 10 other Jews where the Goyim are trying to cause us intentionally to violate the Torah. But these are all cases of Kiddush Hashem that the fundamental acceptance of Hashem as our king and accepting ourselves upon ourselves to be his servants includes that fullness of commitment. And according to the we can understand it. That for us to be truly committing to be the servant of Hashem, to be the nation of Hashem, it has to be we are committing to be that nation that will not be turn, torn away. We are committing to be loyal to Hashem no matter what that will entail. That is a true commitment. That is what makes us worthy of Hashem's love. Of course, we've said already in Bruchas Kriyashma, but through this experience, we can get in touch with the fundamental basis for that, that we have within ourselves. And, and if we search, we might be able to discover it. That yes, we are ready. We're ready to accept whatever Hashem will bring to us and not abandon our relationship because of it. And that is truly accepting upon ourselves to be the nation of Hashem. So, um, I think we should all try to do that and see if we can. Sounds good to me. Um, I have one more thought, but I'm going to save it. If we have some doubt in ourselves about whether or not we can do it, I would say we should not um, be too sort of frightened by that. We should look and see if we really perhaps could find the way. And I have a, a hunch that we really can find the way that would empower us to be able to make that sacrifice and to know about ourselves that we can do it. But that might take a little thinking. You're saying that we can give up our lives on Mr. To, right, to know within ourselves that we can. And what can empower us? Of course we can. We can't do it. <laughs> oh, if you're, if you're confident, that's great. You're from I'm person, speaking, aren't you? I'm speaking to somebody. I'm speaking to somebody who might not be so sure about it, for whatever reason it might be. <laughs> what about if, I, if somebody is experiencing things in life that are um, not of a single act of serious nefesh, but there are ongoing, extremely, extremely difficult. That's much more difficult. That's Whoa. that's okay. that's the okay. real. Can I tell you a story? Can I tell you the joke? Talking, Rebbe? Talking, but, but you know, Moshe Feinstein said that in some ways, Bechol Moedacho is harder. Of course. Can I tell you and the Moshe joke from the Sam Rebbe? Oh, wait, 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 one, one moment. One moment. Just Sorry. make sure that it's very nogea. I hope I'm going to say that it doesn't, you know, prevent it. But of course, uh, people that struggle with being willing to live another day. Yes, that's that's much so more. That is a 
course, the most most extreme kind of challenge. And even is it that, even related though? Is that is that mysterious nefesh even related to the mysterious nefesh of, of giving your life? Essentially, I believe so. The Ramchal uses the lashon to accept kol yisurim v'chol misa. Uh-huh, essentially, fundamentally, the same quality. Whatever is brought to me by Hashem, I will not turn away. I will not ditch. I will not cut ties. I will not. I will not end my life. I will not end my relationship with Hashem in any way because of that. But how can we know? Or how can we discover that we have that power? That I'm leaving as the question to think about. But go ahead with the Satmareb. So somebody asked the Satmareb. He said that we find that um, that Lakelav uh, Tashlichun also we we throw the nevela to the kelav because they didn't bark when we left right. the time. Right, that's right. So the guy asked. He said, but the but the frogs. And we don't find that they get any special treats. Right. right. They went, they went into the ovens. They went into the ovens. Right. So he said, sometimes it's easier to give up your life than to keep your mouth shut. Excellent. 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 Yep. Can I, can I, can I say something? Please, Gary, go ahead. Yes. But they got... But but the Jews got tricked into the ovens. <laughs> True. Oh yeah, yes. But um, as we know from the Gemara, in, in an instant, a person can reach the highest level. But a Kairach, who were who were involved in the Machlekes, and were almost going down in Gehenna, had some kind of a thought of tshuva. Some kind of a no, deep, I think, deep thought, and that was enough to pick them up. No, but Gary's so, raising a good point. I actually just heard somebody else raise this point too, and it's an important point because I think we're far enough removed from the Holocaust that we could, we could, we can approach it in an intellectual, not emotional way. Um, it's not so clear that the six million people who died in the Holocaust. It's not the same that they were killed like in the Inquisition. It's a different type. It's a different type right. of, it was a different type. It wasn't that they had an option to convert and instead they they, 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 they were killed because of a race, because they're Jews. Right. It was a very right. different type of thing than in, in, in usually. Of course, we, of course we know, and they probably also knew, that that um, desire of the Germans to eradicate the Jews was because we are the chosen nation of Hashem. No, no, my, my, my point is that they didn't have, usually it's like you have an option. Either I convert an option. or it will kill it's you. Only, it's, only, it's only a matter of how do you experience those last moments? And, Klan, and, and the Jews went with Shema Yisrael. No, I don't mean to take away any heroics or whatever. I mean, my point is just that it's a very different, it was very different. Yes, absolutely. That's true, 100%. But there's still ample place there for, for having, maintaining a Muna at, that, at such a time and uh, reaching the highest level. I mean, in a way, maybe that's even that was even greater. I don't know. You know what I mean? You could argue that it's not. It's just right. different. Right. Yes, I, I I hear that. What do you say, Gary? I I don't. It's the whole thing is very very sad. Yes. Yes, but ultimately we have to know that, of course, we can't understand the ways of Hashem, 
and that itself is a great achievement to accept that fact. But everything is that's happening to the Jewish people that has happened is all intended only for the ultimate purpose of receiving the good that Hashem wants to give to the Jewish nation and to the rest of the world. And the Navi says in, in, in Yeshaya and the one of the that's coming and Farshim and, and, and Navi say that the, the nature of the Rachmim, Hashem's loving compassion that will be evident at the time of Mashiach is going to make the Golos, the entirety of the Golos, look like it was just a brief moment that Hashem abandoned us. So, of course, we can't even imagine what that's going to be like. But that's how it's described. This is all going to be to be then seen in retrospect as a regakata. There was a brief moment that Hashem mm-hmm. turned away. And then, then will come the Rachman Gadayla. And that's all only in the, in the time of Mashiach. But Olam Abba is that the Nevi'im don't even talk about. That's way, way beyond. So we have to sort of be accepting of the fact that we are very rooted in this world and therefore we see good and evil, we see joy or tragedy based on the, this world experience. But if we could broaden the lens out into I don't know if we can even say the word infinity, then things will look very different. So we are supposed to feel the sadness. We are supposed to cry on Tisha B'Av, if we can. But at the same time, we can be comforted that the ultimate, ultimate achievement is going to be very great. It will be for the entire nation. Not be Triasa Mason forever.